Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com slash Morning Cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Politics are full of scandal and cover-ups. So much so that, at this point, nothing can surprise us anymore. On February 11, 2001, a man was sentenced for the murder of a young intern. But was he truly responsible for her murder? Or was he working under the command of a U.S. representative who wanted to keep their affair a secret? So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Chandra Ann Levy, born April 14, 1977 in Cleveland, Ohio, grew up in Modesto, California, attended San Francisco State University, and earned a degree in journalism that earned her an internship at the California Bureau of Secondary Education and a job with Los Angeles Mayor Richard Royden while getting her master's in public administration at the University of Southern California. She was a bright girl and a hard worker who was on her way to the career of her choice when, in her final semester of her master's program, she moved to Washington, D.C. to become a paid intern with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. 
While on the surface this seemed like a positive move for her future, it would become the flap of a butterfly's wing that led to her coming in contact with a man named Gary Condit. At this internship, which she began in October of 2000, Chandra's supervisor was incredibly impressed with her work, especially when handling the media about the upcoming execution of Timothy McVeigh, which is why everyone was confused by her abrupt termination in April of 2001, when her academic eligibility was found to be expired. She completed all of her requirements and was expected to come back to California in May of 2001 for her graduation. Unfortunately, she wouldn't get to walk that stage with her diploma in hand. That's because on May 6, 2001, Chandra's parents made a worried call to the Metropolitan Police Department, stating that they had not heard from their daughter in five days. The police started to call all of the local hospitals and made a trip to Chandra's apartment, finding no indication that anything nefarious had happened. The next day, her father called yet again with a piece of information that would put this whole case on a new level of scandal. Chandra Levy had been having an affair with U.S. Representative Gary Condit. Realizing this case was potentially a lot more involved than just a missing adult, police obtained a formal search warrant for Chandra's apartment. Inside, they found her credit cards, ID, and cell phone left behind in her purse, as well as a half-packed suitcase. Wherever Chandra was, she left in a hurry and forgot the most essential items. Her answering machine was filled with worried friends and family, as well as two messages from Gary Condit. And when an officer attempted to look at her laptop, he inadvertently corrupted her internet search data. A month later, and some serious work by experts, Chandra's search history showed it was used the morning of May 1st to look at websites for Amtrak, Baskin-Robbins, Gary Condit, Southwest Airlines, a weather report from the Washington Post, Rock Creek Park, and a search for a department in France. All of this led investigators to speculate that she left her home that day to meet with someone at the Pierce Klingle Mansion, which houses Rock Creek Park headquarters. Time passed, and on July 25, 2001, a handful of police sergeants and 28 cadets searched along Glover Road in the park, but came up empty-handed. As time passed, more and more information about Chandra's life, more specifically her love life, started to leak to the public. Gary Condit was not only a government official, therefore her superior in her field, but he was also a married man who represented the congressional district that her family resided in. He, of course, denied the affair, but an unidentified police source said that he admitted to it while in a police interview on July 7, 2001. They searched his apartment on the 10th and said they did not consider him a suspect any longer. Chandra's family, on the other hand, felt there was no doubt he was somehow involved, even if it was just that he was hiding some useful information. Police then spoke to a woman named Anne Marie Smith, who was a flight attendant and was also involved with Condit. According to her, he told her that she did not need to speak to the FBI about his personal life. After this tidbit of information, officials began looking at Gary Condit for possible obstruction of justice, and, upset about the leaks to the media, Condit refused to submit to a polygraph test, though his attorney claimed he passed a privately administered test on July 13th given by his private examiner. Things weren't looking good for the politician, and the more he avoided questions and interviews, the worse he looked. But according to investigators, he had an alibi that was pretty difficult to beat. 
At the time of her disappearance, he was in a meeting with the vice president. The case and all of the salacious details seemed to dominate every news station, turning on the heat for both Gary Condit and the investigators. That was until September 11th, 2001. With America and the government preoccupied with the tragedy that happened in New York and at the Pentagon, Chandra's case took a hit and a pretty big delay. On March 5th, 2002, Gary Condit lost the primary election, partially due to his involvement with Chandra, and he was subpoenaed to appear in front of the District of Columbia Grand Jury investigating Chandra's disappearance on April 1st, 2002. He fully ended his term on January 3rd, 2003. With the case back on track and everyone hoping that Chandra would finally be found, on May 22nd, 2002, a man walking his dog in Rock Creek Park found skeletal remains belonging to Chandra Levy. Her bones, sports bra, sweatshirt, leggings, and tennis shoes were all found scattered at the bottom of a steep incline near Broad Branch Creek. And her disappearance investigation shifted to a murder case. Now, something else happened in September 2001 that was either dismissed or accidentally slipped through the cracks after the terrorist attacks. That same month, a D.C. officer and federal prosecutors were contacted by the lawyer of an informant who claimed he knew who killed Chandra Levy. He claimed that 20-year-old Igmar Guandique from El Salvador, who was also in jail around this time, told the informant that Gary Condent had hired him for $25,000 to get rid of Chandra. The Metro Police initially dismissed this claim and Condit's involvement because Igmar had already admitted to assaulting two other women, and they never followed up with Igmar nor his past victims. Victims who were alive but attacked in the same park that Chandra's body was found in. Police would later receive major scrutiny for not considering him as a suspect earlier in the case claiming they were too preoccupied with trying to place the blame solely on Gary Condit. The problem was that all of this information was based on the story of an informant residing in prison. So he really wasn't considered the most reliable source, and Igmar had since denied attacking Chandra. The informant was given a polygraph test shortly after his confession, which he failed, and Igmar was given one in 2002 that came back with inconclusive results though it should be noted that neither the informant nor Igmar spoke English fluently, which is the language the test was delivered in. There were no bilingual examiners available at either time. Despite the discovery of her body and a few suspects, Chandra's case went cold until 2006 when a new D.C. police chief was named who replaced the lead detective on the case with three veteran investigators with more homicide experience. Following this and a series of articles published by the Washington Post, in September of 2008, Igmar Guandique was arrested in federal prison in connection with Chandra's murder. In his cell was a photo of Chandra that he had saved from a magazine. Two days later, he was charged with kidnapping, attempted first-degree sexual abuse, first-degree murder committed during a kidnapping, first-degree murder during a sexual offense, attempted robbery, and first-degree murder committed during a robbery. His trial began and Hallie Schilling and Christy Wiegand, the women he attacked in the park, both testified against him. Christy recounted how he grabbed her from behind, dragged her down a ravine, and held a knife against her face. Gary Condit also was in the trial and refused to admit the affair with Chandra, though the FBI biologist testified that the semen found on her underwear matched his profile. 
After two days of deliberation, all but one juror had voted to convict Igmar. On the third day, they asked the judge to clarify the definition of assault. And with his answer, finally came a verdict. On November 22, 2010, the jury found Igmar Gwandik guilty and sentenced him to 60 years in prison. His lawyers almost immediately asked for a new trial, citing the prosecution's appeal to the emotions of the jury by using references to facts and not actual evidence, and the last juror's holdout. In June of 2015, a new trial was granted, and in July of 2016, prosecutors announced that they would not proceed with the case against Igmar and would instead seek to have him deported. It was reported in March of 2017 that he lost his bid to stay in the U.S. and now resides in El Salvador. With his deportation and lack of a second trial, Chandra Levy's case remains unsolved. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 12th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.